Producers and creators are the sources of all value on the planet. MC Lobster, the host of the top-rated business and investing podcast Cashflow Ninja, is on a mission with Producers Wealth to help producers create, protect, and multiply their wealth outside of Wall Street in any economy by creating systems and processes that help them increase their production, provides them with liquidity, passive income generators, and opportunities for enormous growth. Learn more about their time-tested and proven systems at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, we're going to look at how to capitalize on the e-commerce explosion. My guest in this episode is Anton Crowley. Anton is a serial entrepreneur with over 15 years of experience building online businesses, including Dropship Lifestyle and Performance Marketer. Voted Best E-Commerce Course by Shopify in 2018, Dropship Lifestyle is an online e-commerce coaching program that has helped more than 8,000 students in over 25 countries. Created by Anton Crowley in 2013, Dropship Lifestyle gives students the knowledge and tools necessary to create freedom through entrepreneurship by leveraging the power of dropshipping. Since the beginning, Dropship Lifestyle has found great success while building an international community of digital nomads and entrepreneurs through adhering to the core values of passion and authenticity. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for high yield returns from multifamily apartments, ATM machines, and self-storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Asset Investor offers, such as their multifamily, ATM, and self-storage syndications, please visit CashflowNinja.com forward slash Real Asset Investor. Anton, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you for having me. Can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Sure. Yeah. My name is Anton Crayley. I've been uh, building e-commerce businesses for about the past decade since 2007. So a little bit longer than that. Um, right out of college, I got started in this industry, started off selling inexpensive products. I was actually selling cookies from a bakery in New York on a website. And uh, from there, just realized that e-commerce is a real thing and selling small inexpensive products wasn't that profitable. So kind of worked my way up over the years to more and more expensive products and have been selling orders with an average order value of around a thousand bucks for yeah, the past 10 years or so now. Great, great. And 
Uh, share a little bit more about Dropship uh, Lifestyle that you guys operate yeah. too. Where are you guys based out of, and yeah. uh, what uh, what do you guys uh, what value do you provide to the marketplace? Sure. So I actually started Dropship Lifestyle in 2013. Back then, I was living in uh, in Chiang Mai in Thailand, and uh, I was based out in Southeast Asia for a few years. That's where this whole brand was built. Uh, we do education. We have software. We have uh, events every year. We've done them all around the world in, in Thailand. We've done them in Hawaii and Mexico. This year is going to be in Bali. So Dropship Lifestyle is basically a, a community where we help people that want to get started with this and really don't have a proven path to follow. So take them through a process, share what I know, give them the software that helps out, and then connect everybody through the live events as well. Great. Now, uh, e-commerce. <laughs> Let's yeah. jump into that. Talk about a trend and an yeah. accelerating trend. I don't think anybody has seen anything yet. Um, I went to a couple of conferences and folks are looking at uh, the volume uh, to double over the next three years. Mm -hmm. Retail, um, the brick and mortar traditional uh, uh, is completely moving away. I'd be surprised, surprised if a lot of these companies are still standing. We just saw, for instance, Toys R Us, right? Yeah. Uh, declare bankruptcy. So there's a lot of changes on the landscape. Can you share a little bit more about e-commerce, the accelerating trend that it is, what excites you about it? What sure. are some opportunities to capitalize on? And um, also, what are some of the, what are some of the threats because they exist in every space? Hundred percent, yeah. As far as trends, you know, this is something that I mean, I, I feel like I got lucky, kind of right place, right time. But I graduated from school in two thousand six, and back then I was like, okay, I want to start a business. I knew I wanted to be, you know, entrepreneurial. And back then I was looking into different franchises. So I like I thought, you know, a traditional business was the offline route. So I was literally going to you know franchise expos and looking into like opening a Gold's Gym or a Subway, and I was talking to like the Small Business Administration. About borrowing hundreds of thousands of dollars. And like that was real business to me. And then you know, I kind of got lucky and stumbled into e-commerce. And then I was like, wait a minute, like there's this opportunity from the seller side where you don't need to invest $100,000 plus. You don't need employees. You don't need this massive overhead and this thing that takes 80 hours a week to run. So from the seller's perspective, I saw that opportunity really early. And then from the buyer's perspective, it's just been, you know, like you said, like it's still people are like, oh, e-commerce is already saturated. Yeah, there's a ton of people selling, but like, you mentioned also there's more and more buying because you know for us for the sellers we can invest more into advertising we can make the buying experience better we can drive more people to our websites and from from their perspectives as buyers they don't have to go to a store and deal with you know waiting in a line and loading their car up with stuff and you know they could have someone on live chat instead or on Facebook Messenger where they ask a question get an answer right away order and it's at their house in three days so it really is a win-win and that's why like you just mentioned Toys R Us like how could they compete when they have to have these massive, I don't even know how big, what, 20,000 probably square foot stores with all these people standing around stocking shelves that don't need to be stocked. So yeah, it's just going to get bigger and bigger. I, 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 it's scary. If I was a retail, if I was a traditional retailer, I would definitely be scared right now. And here's a very big business lesson. If you are, regardless of what business or an industry you're in, uh, you would have to take a pretty good look at retail clients too right? And, and also have a plan for that in your business as far as risk management, because things are going to happen so quickly and so fast. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, in every industry is happening, right? iHeartRadio, the biggest, the biggest uh, uh, radio station basically on the planet, yeah, uh, they're filing for bankruptcy too. Yeah, and it was probably already almost a decade ago. But Blockbuster, I mean, Netflix took them out in like a couple of years' time. So it happens right. fast. Once it, once something catches on, it it happens really fast. 
Right. No, absolutely. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Now, you guys, and in, to your brand, Dropship Lifestyle, yep. focuses on phys- physical products, not yes. informational products that um, is shipped directly from manufacturers and so forth. Uh, can you explain a little bit about um, the dropship business model? And sure. uh, there's a di- there's a couple of different ones. Maybe touch on the yeah. the one that most people are familiar with: um, selling stuff on Amazon and sourcing it uh, overseas. Yes. Sure. So yeah, dropshipping is you know it's a very 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 broad term, but because of the way it's been marketed in the past few years, a lot of people think it means one thing, but all it really is is a method of fulfillment, right? So if um, I don't know if if you made I don't know if, if, if you made mugs right at your house and I was like, okay, cool. I want to sell your mugs. And I built a store and I listed them for sale and I got an order and then you shipped it to my customer. That's drop shipping. If I built a website and I found a product for cheaper on Amazon and I listed it for twice the price on my site, someone bought it. Then I ordered it from Amazon. That's drop shipping. If I used Oberlo or AliExpress or one of these suppliers in China got an order from Craigslist, right? An ad I put on Craigslist mm-hmm. and they shipped it. That's drop shipping. So all that means is someone else is fulfilling the order that you accept and you become a retailer in this case an online retailer so the different main ways that people I guess you know hear about this or what they see as options are that one option of drop shipping from from Amazon or from eBay or vice versa another one would be drop shipping from China that typically means using AliExpress and now using Oberlo which connects to your Shopify store can import products the one that people don't usually think of which is funny because that's the one that like I only knew and I started with back in the day but that's drop shipping for actual brands so with the other models, you're typically trying to like either private label products or you're selling things that are very generic, right? So you're advertising a, a baseball bat as a wooden baseball bat and you're trying to get traffic that way, uh, especially if you're drop shipping from China. Whereas if I was selling baseball bats, I'd want to get approved to sell for companies like Louisville Slugger and whoever else makes them because that's what people are searching for and that's what I want on my site. So then I become right. that retailer. People find me. I give them a good experience to buy from me. And then in that case, you know, Louisville ships the, the bit baseball bat to my customers. So a few different models, in my opinion, the, the way that, that we do it, obviously I'm biased because that's how we do it, but that's the way that you're going to build a real brand that actually has real value because you're providing an actual service rather than trying to catch a trend or, you know, get something that people really don't want in front of them. So, and what I mean by that is we get inbound traffic. So when you sell for brands and products that people are searching for, then we can do our job as marketers to get our products or our website in front of them. Where on the other hand, if you were just trying to sell, you know, a product without a label on it, you're probably trying to put it in front of someone, you know, and like trying to do direct response ads. So like, Hey, Facebook, here's this baseball bat. Do you want to come to my website and buy it? Whereas we say, Oh, you just searched for this product, this brand name, this SKU number. Okay. Here, buy it from us. So yeah, kind of change it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is, I mean, to your point is you have to, in any business, um, figure out where you're going to compete. Um, there's a, a previous guest that was talking about uh, kind of the Nordstrom, uh, the Target, and the Wal- Walmart levels, okay. right? Um, everyone sells shoes and shirts, but yep. they're all different uh, types of sh- uh, shoes and sh- uh, shirts. They all make money mm-hmm. selling shoes and shirts, but you have to figure out where you're going to to play. And the same yep. with, you know, I like to use the example of um, being the Ritz-Carlton or a Holiday Inn. You know, you both provide a service, 
People stay at both of them, but there's a big difference about it. And to your point, um, if you look at the brand and the, the strength of the brand, then obviously at the higher end, the Ritz Carlton or the Nordstrom, the brand is a little bit uh, is stronger yes. um, and more valuable. And uh, that ties into exit strategies, which we will, uh, we will get to as well um, for your business. Let's yeah. talk about, um, so you guys teach uh, folks how to set up this dropship uh, uh, business mm-hmm. um, and focus uh, especially on higher end products, more yeah. expensive products. So with uh, branding and development and business development and so forth. Big uh, question that listeners might have is how do I drive traffic? Sure. Um, and how do I get traffic? And you different strategies, not only the traditional, let's buy an ad on Facebook type of Mm -hmm. stuff. Can you share what you guys teach and uh, what are some of the strategies that you guys use personally in your businesses? Definitely, definitely. And yeah, it's it's funny. You know, I I obviously, I study the market and I follow what people are are talking about, especially people that are are trying to get into it. And you see all the time, like I got 10,000 people that went to my website and no one bought. I don't understand why. And it's funny. It's like, you don't need 10,000 people to visit your website, right? Like if you have your advertising set up and you get a hundred people, a day to your website and your products are a thousand dollars and you get, you know, 3% conversion rate, you got 3000 in sales. So like the first thing that I would recommend everyone do and what we do is we don't at all focus on quantity of traffic. We focus on getting the right people to our website at the right times. So sales funnels are all like what everyone's talking about right now. But if you just picture a normal, you know, sales funnel and like where someone is at site, like Psych- uh, psychologically, you know, the first step is like they're doing their research. The next step might be like they've made a decision that they want to buy one of these products, whatever it is. The next step is like, okay, I want this product from this brand and I want to make sure it gets to my house by Friday because I need it then, right? So that's when we want to get in front of the person, not when they maybe have an, in- let's, and let's just say I was selling surfboards, right? I don't want someone that is interested in surfing to come to my website. Like, I don't, I don't care. They're probably, the chance of them buying is extremely low. And even someone that's thinking like, oh, I might want a surfboard. I don't even care if they come to my website. I want someone that knows like, I want an eight foot long blue surfboard that I can get by next week when my family comes to visit, whatever it is. So to get that person, the best way that we found, again, for years now, is to advertise through Google. And it does go through Google Ads. AdWords, but mm-hmm. not through traditional search text ads, which are, you know, you see at the top, what we like to use are Google product listing ads. So if you went, you know, to google.com right now, if anyone goes to Google and they type in something like that, like blue eight foot surfboard, you're going to see your normal results, but you're also going to see products. They're going to be either at the top of the screen or on the side. You're going to see product images. You're going to see store names. You're going to see prices. And in order for those to be there, the companies that are advertising simply uploaded uh, their, their Google Merchant Center account, their product feed to Google Merchant Center and they're bidding. So it's still an auction, but those people that search for that type of product, that click those ads that come to your site, it's an extremely qualified lead and it's someone that already knows what they want. So that's my biggest tip. You know, for anyone just getting started out, don't think you need all this traffic. Don't try to, you know, go on Facebook and create an ad targeting people that have an interest as surfing because what's the chance that they're actually going to come and buy, right? You want that person that knows what they want. Then once they come to your website, once they click that ad, it's your job to turn them into a buyer. But those are the people that you want. You're listening to Anton Crowley on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. MC Lobsher is the host of the top-rated business and investing podcast, Cashflow Ninja, and also the president of Producers Wealth. 
Producers Wealth assists people in creating, protecting, and perpetually multiplying wealth in any economy through creating processes that help them increase their production, provide them with liquidity, passive income generators, and opportunities for enormous growth. Learn more about their time-tested and proven systems at yourownbankingsystem.com. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. You're listening to Anton Crowley on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and now back to our interview. From, a, from an ad spending, what, uh, what, what would you recommend from a budget uh, yep. uh, on just basically putting, pouring some money into getting t- sure. in traffic? So we're always willing to go up, like this is, I'll step back, but we're always willing to go up to like 10% of our product price and ad cost. So if I was selling a thousand dollar item, I'd be willing to spend up to a hundred dollars to get that sale. And if I could, however many times I could do that, I would do it until it doesn't work anymore. You know, if it goes up to, it cost me 150, 200 to get the thousand dollar sale. I don't want to do that. But if I could spend a hundred over and over and over again, I'll do that. So the way that we start though, is by making one campaign. And if this is too technical, like just, it, it's, it's not that hard once you see the interface. Like if we were like looking at AdWords right now, but yeah. we'll start by making what's called just a generic Google shopping campaign where we put all of our products into it. So if I had a hundred products, I'd put a hundred products into one AdWords campaign. And then I would tell Google, maybe spend $20 a day. And it's, they pick all the keywords. They do that all, you know, from your, your website, they basically scrape all the keywords and they'll start showing you for whatever people are searching for. So based on that data, you'll be able to see, oh, it cost me, you know, 5% of this product price to get that sale. It cost me 10% of this product price to get that sale. Oh, it cost me 30% of this product price to get that sale. And then those you stop spending money on and the ones that are less, you keep spending more until that, 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 uh, that 10% goes over. So yeah, budget, we, we do start small, but again, once we see what works, put more money until it stops working, basically, until you reach that breaking point where your budget exceeds 10% of the product price. Right, right. Now, uh, yeah, uh, folks might be thinking, okay, what are some tools out there that that are working right now? Is there any platforms that you prefer? Is there any tools that you guys are using uh, that's working well for you? Sure. So for building the stores, hundred uh, percent Shopify, like ever, if anyone's in e-commerce, not using Shopify, like especially now we've been with them for years, but it's the best e-commerce platform. You know, ClickFunnels is great for like info or for like one-off products. But if you're doing a traditional online retail tops, uh, type store, use Shopify beyond that for like research and things like that. It's funny because everything is free. Like we go on Google and we search, you know, like we use it as a consumer was using, uh, we yeah. use it. So everything else is free. Uh, we use google.com. We use Google shopping to see what our competitors are doing. We use Google trends to make sure we're not getting in on a trending product. We want something that's stable, you know, year round. So we could build a store that's growing over the years. Um, but yeah, just Shopify for the platform, Google Merchant Center to get your ads going, and then uh, just Google.com to see what your competitors are doing and what your competitors see. I'm sorry, what your customers see when they search on Google. What are some of the, uh, the key things that you guys look at and when evaluating and doing your research to decide on what product to bring on and okay. what product to, to bring on for your company? 
Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So we build what I would consider like a niche specific store or niche wherever you're from in the world, but we don't sell everything. So we don't build these shopping mall type stores. So going back to, let's say that surfboard example, if I was going to sell surfboards, I would try to find every brand, every manufacturer that makes surfboards that's willing to work with like a dropship arrangement. And then I would have all of their products on my site. Now, Knowing that, how do I tell if surfboards make sense or not? Well, the first thing I would do is go into Google Keyword Planner, which is inside of Google AdWords, and then I would check search volume for surfboards. Uh, you know, that's obviously a huge keyword, but I, if it was something smaller, like, I don't know, if I was searching for like small wine refrigerators and thinking of selling those, maybe that one's smaller, I'd want to see at least 10,000 searches. So that's my number, like at least 10,000 monthly searches for that niche. And if that's there or more, it's usually much more than that is um, something like, okay, like now I'll proceed to the next step with. Then the next step of the research would be go on Google Trends. So again, another free tool. And then I would search for, you know, surfboards or small wine refrigerators, whatever it was. And I would look for like a year over time going back five years and see if there's huge spikes or not. And I don't want there to be because seasonal stores, like it's fine. You can make money with them. But again, I'd rather have something that I know is going to make money year round. Um, next step of the process would be go on Google shopping again, free type in surfboards and see what the top, uh, the first page of results, what are they selling for? You know, is the average sale price $200? If it is, I don't really want to sell that because by the time you pay for shipping, pay for ads, it's not profitable. Is it closer right. to, you know, five, six, $700? Then, okay, good. Then I can proceed with that. So it's kind of like a series of things that we'll check through. And as long as it passes all of them, then we know we have a good chance of, of making it work. I'm thinking of babies and pets right away. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so like strollers. I have 11 month old uh, uh -huh. son right now. So I, <laughs> nice. yeah. I walk, you walk into a, a baby store or, or do a little research on that. And it's an, it's just a gold mine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have a four month old son too. And it's been crazy, like going around, like buying all this stuff. It's so much money. And like, yeah, there's so like exa that example, right? If you started there with strollers, maybe mm -hmm. that one's good. Maybe it's not, I don't know. Like I haven't researched it, but then even like you build on that. So like, okay, maybe then it's like those, like, uh, I don't know, like the, what do you call those things? Like the big, like toys that you see all they have, like these big metal, you know, like push carts and like airplanes and something like that. Like maybe car seats, you go exactly. add car yeah. seats play, to play that. Yeah. Like it just, you build on that. And then you start researching them on all those different free tools on Google, seeing what is doing the best. And then literally start with that. And you could build off that as the store starts to make money. Yeah. No, yep. very, very, very interesting. Let's touch on some exits. Uh, so now you, you build your business, yep. you get it up and running, you build a strong brand. And one of the things in mind is eventually you want to create something mm -hmm. that you can sell down the li line. And you and I had a conversation, I had Ace Chapman on, this yep. is what he specializes in buying and selling these businesses. Mm -hmm. um, what advice can you give to someone with an exit strategy in mind of how to sure. build their business and how to make sure that there, there is an exit at yes. the end of it, and there will be someone uh, that's willing to buy that, that company. Yeah. So with, with these stores, you know, if they're set up correctly and obviously if they're making money, there is a lot of people, there are a lot of people out there that, that are looking like actively and they, they sell fast. There's a bunch of other brokerages online. Um, the main things that you want to focus on as the business owner, at least 12 months, if you want to sell it a year from now, then at least starting now, make sure all of your accounting is is there, you know, you don't want to have it like, yeah. mixed with your personal checking account. And then when you're putting together your profit and loss statement, like there's all these random charges that you have to try to explain, like it needs to be clean. And if it's your, if you're not planning on selling it, then it's kind of one of those things where people, you know, like, whatever they get lazy, they mix it all together. But if your intention is to sell for at least 12 months, keep it 
all business related. And also, you know, if there are some parts of your marketing that are kind of experimental, like in our businesses, we take about 20% of our ad budget and we put it towards like new stuff that we have no idea if it's going to work. You know, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but if we're getting ready to sell, then we'll, we'll cut that back because then the net profit just gets higher. So you want to focus on that either being stable or growing your, your net and uh, yeah, making sure everything's accounted for because that's, that's really what the serious buyers that have real money want to see. They don't, they don't want to deal with you trying to explain how you messed your accounting up, but it's still valuable. They're not going to give you a huge check out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to work. Exactly. Exactly. The numbers, the numbers no, don't lie. Yes, and, exactly. at that, and at that stage, it's difficult to torture them so that they will confess. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> So uh, what advice can you give to my listeners that's looking at, to get into it? Where do they get started if they want to get into uh, e-commerce? Sure. Um, you know, if you want, like we have, we, we publish a blog every week and a video every week, uh, Dropship Lifestyle. So of course you can check that out, um, dropshiplifestyle.com or youtube.com slash dropshiplifestyle. Uh, great starting points. We have, you know, free resources there. The main thing I would say for anyone starting out, like go through some of the, the beginner stuff, just make sure like if anyone's serious about e-commerce, I, I really have to like advise people stay away from that low ticket stuff. So those cheap products, drop shipping from China. Yes, you'll see people posting, you know, that they're making all this money that way. And I'm not saying no one is, but if you're not already a really good marketer, it's very hard to have, you know, a $50 product with a $20 margin and be able to profitably buy traffic to that website. So if you're thinking to get into commerce, my advice is, is stay away from that unless you're a great marketer already. Yeah. Now, one habit I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skill sets. What are you currently studying and what skill sets are you currently learning? So YouTube ads are something that we've really kind of doubled down on. Um, it's been working great for us. So that's something I've been doing all myself. Typically, like once I get good at something, then someone on the team will take it over or work together. But yeah, YouTube ads right now are something I'm, uh, I'm putting a lot of my focus into and it's been working great. Yeah, I like doing it that way too, of taking it on myself, learning it, and then passing it on once yes. I figured it out and master it because then I know how to manage it, right? Exactly. And, exactly I can, yeah. and I can ask good questions and say, well, and and it's I it's just a, also you understand the process better, I guess is what I'm trying to say. 100%. Um, now, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, yes. not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them mm -hmm. to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Sure. So one lesson that I got from uh, my uncle who had a business, when I, like he still has a business, but um, kind of saw him as my mentor when I was younger. I remember I was like five years old and he told me like, listen, like in business, like whatever you tell someone you're going to do, whether it's, you know, a customer or a vendor or a partner, deliver on that. So if you say you're going to do something, even if it's going to cost you more money than you thought it would, or, you know, it's going to lose you money, like just do, do keep, keep your word because that's really what's going to matter if you want to be around for the long haul. So, um, you know, doing that, always delivering on your promises or on your agreements, that would be the first thing that makes all the difference. Um, another thing, sounds basic, but I would just say treat people right. You know, if someone is coming to you and let's just say you have a business and they're not a good fit for whatever reason, you know, you, you see sometimes people talk down to people or kind of like push them away. And we always say like, even if someone's not a good fit to work with us, like here's some free resources, here's a good starting point. So just whether they're giving you money or not, treat them the way you'd want to be treated. And, um, you know, another, I guess, huge piece of advice would be in business, no matter how successful you are, like, 
it is a roller coaster. So you're going to have amazing months, amazing years, and you're going to have times where you have to, you know, like scrape by and figure out how to restart. So yeah. make sure you always are, you know, keeping some, some cash on the side. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't spend it all. Don't assume it's always going up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, cash flow and having cash for a business owner is just absolute cardinal. Cash is king. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Anton, how can my listeners learn more about you, your company and all of the uh, services that you guys provide and stay informed of all of the projects that you're involved with? Yeah. Uh, you know, dropshiplifestyle.com would be the best that links to all of our, our blog, our YouTube, Facebook, everywhere from there. So that would be the best. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your background and providing so much value for my listeners. Uh, It's been a blast connecting. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Thank you for joining me again on the Cashflow Ninja. Thank you for all your support. You rock. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com or text CashflowNinja to 44222. I'm also posting daily videos on Facebook and YouTube and will live stream weekly starting May 2018. To make sure you don't miss any of the live streams, please like and subscribe to my Facebook and YouTube platforms. I'm also dropping content on Instagram daily. Be sure to follow us on Instagram to get in on the action. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. That's our show for today. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.